On this episode, we smoke the Las Calaveras 2023, a rich, bold Nicaraguan with a Maduro, Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, and we talk about tobacco seed varietals. I'm Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome everybody to Burn Line Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, along with your other host, Nick the Brick McCann. Coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made, adjacent to the Blanco Lounge, nestled among the complex of rooms that comprises Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Lounge in North America. Nick, how are we doing this morning? I'm, I'm doing great. Johnny M., how are you? I am doing great. Nikki, yep. Nick M. You can just call me Nick M. M. Yep. Yeah. So you see all this accoutrement that I've got scattered all over the table. Jeez. So we got something special today. We are going to prep our palates with quail egg shooters. Oh, we're doing it first. We're doing it first. Oh my gosh. So here's what I've got. Man, I wish people could see this. All right, this is real Japanese shit. So this is, I've got that's uh, Insta pick Instagram pick worthy. Yeah, totally. We got to Insta this. So I've got uh, Hatazaki small batch whiskey. I've got Mizunara shoyu, which is like real soy sauce for those of you that don't know that Kiko men or whatever you get from the, from the store is not actual soy sauce. And I've got some farm fresh quail eggs. So. We are going to make this happen right now. I feel like Liver King. Oh, yeah. This is like straight out of a quail's ass right here. All right, so JM, is uh, he's going to pour the... Here we go. Hatozaki whiskey first. A little whiskey. Japanese whiskey. All right. Uh, he That's about a... I'd say about a sixth of the glass. He's, pour, he's filling it. With, it's like a tablespoon. With the whiskey. Yeah, a tablespoon of whiskey. Oh. All right, two tablespoons. It's a Scottish <laughs> tablespoon. He's got a heavy pour. I've got a normal pour, you bamp-up ball bag. Oh. Now I've got the show you. So this is whiskey barrel aged and all of this. What? Like, in order to qualify, <clears throat> you not only have to use the old-fashioned method of, like, the, the uh, buckets in the floor where they ferment it, but it has to be years and years. And this is uh, seven year aged. We love fermentation on Burn Line. Oh, yeah. And we're just doing an equal. Now, by the way, in case you uh, haven't ever had real soy sauce, you can actually drink this straight. And he is drinking it straight. <clears throat> on the salty side, but it's not like the shit you get from the supermarket where it'll just, you know, pucker your mouth closed. Yeah, right? but like MSG is the best part about, you know, the soy sauce, man. For fuck's sake. Here we go. I want all that. Here we go. These are like little baby. I didn't know quail eggs were that small. I'm I'm a city boy, so. Yeah. So quails are smaller than chickens. Got my. uh, Jeez. These are so. This is like a. Looks like a robin's egg that you would find in your backyard. Oh, my gosh. And one egg in. Oh, dude. I can hear that egg cracking on the mic. All right. We got the. Got the eggs in. Thanks. Thanks, John. Cheers. You just, you just. And bottoms up. Cheers. Shoot it. 
Wow. Whoo. What the? Oh. I can see why that's a delicacy in Japan. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Everything just went, it just went straight down. And that's why they call it a shooter. I can also see why it's not a delicacy in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, if you maybe like a, not soy sauce, but you did something else. What do, what do people in this area like? Mayonnaise. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So that was a little special. I normally I would sprinkle gold dust on top, but uh, I actually forgot it this morning. So it was less pretty than it could have been. Was but, that a uh, Johnny Midas joke? No, it's not a joke. That's Johnny Midas actually puts gold dust on his food. Is that how they? Wait, wait. All right. Is that how they serve these shots in Japan? No, that's how Johnny Midas serves it. Okay. If right. they did quail egg shooters in like Dubai, mm-hmm. they would, they would yeah. put gold, gold sure. on it for sure. <laughs> oh, well, that was really good. Appreciate uh, appreciate your adventurous spirit there, and for all of you guys out there in the internets. Uh, Maybe look this up online or something and give it a shot. It'll definitely make you feel like a badass. And maybe, uh, you know, you'll experience some of those flavors that you don't get normally. Particularly the uh, umami in that uh, show you is like, it's too much. You have to mix it with something. Yeah, very savory. Very, very, very rich. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes these... uh, you know, they're not really pairings, but they're, they're stuff I do with my palate um, is to, like, wake up certain sections and, like, get me the experience where I can relate it back to cigars later. Right. Yeah. So oh, yeah. With the quail egg shooter, you've got the – so the, the Hatozaki is hard to explain. I would call it uh, similar to a – it's similar to a Highland Scotch. It's a clear whiskey. Yeah. It's similar to a Highland Scotch. It actually – it looks like gin. Yeah, it does. Like it's got that slight, slight tinge to it, but it's yeah. almost clear. Yeah. Um, but it, it tastes like a Highland Scotch for for folks that aren't familiar with Japanese whiskeys. Um, and so it's got a little bit of that sweet, but also a little bit of that iodine tang. And then the shoyu has got it's just bursting with that that savory. Yeah. And then the quail egg is like pure fat, so it's just rich yeah. and creamy. Yep. And you threw all those together. And they kind of like, you know, they kind of burst together on the palate. Yeah, and it was really wakes your mouth up. Three pretty extreme, right? Yeah, sensations at once. But it wasn't like you know there wasn't a burning from the whiskey, and there wasn't like a like you said there wasn't that from the soy sauce. There wasn't right. that you know really. Oh geez, I just ate a fucking handful of salt. Right, right. Um, wow, that was very interesting. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. We do uh, cool stuff on the podcast um, so that all of our listeners don't have to suffer through it. Uh, You can suffer vicariously through us only on Burnline Podcast. All right, so uh, we're smoking the Las Calaveras 2023. Um, This is a fucking awesome cigar. So about the uh, Las Calaveras, like we'll we'll talk about crowned heads, I think, in a little bit. but the Las Calaveras comes out every year, and it's always different. So it's not like cigars where, you know, like you have a cigar, like the short story by Fuente. And 
they're base even though they're using different tobacco every year because it's a grown product, they're trying to get it to be the same thing, right? Las Calaveras, not only are they not trying to get it to be the same thing, it's like intentionally different. Right. So it's a short release. What did they make? 1,500 boxes in four sizes, I think. Uh, I, I'd yeah. have to look that up. I looked it up. It's 1,500 boxes in four sizes. Uh, so it's always a limited run. Um, and this year is orange. So they always feature a different color. And they've got this, you know, Dea de los Muertos skull decoration, you know, as the, the branding for the Las Calaveras, which makes sense. Um, last year's was that powder blue color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the year before that was the yellow. Um, I can't remember if the year before that was purple or... I think 2019 was purple. That was one of my favorites. Loved that one. Um, and I actually, as part of a special event, I got a Las Calaveras ball cap. It's like a, a flat bill. You know what a flat bill cap is. And it was black. It had the, the skull on the front of it. But the underside of the brim was like a screen-printed woman with, like, dressed up for Dea de las Muertas. It was fucking awesome. So... Looks like 22 was blue, 21 was yellow, 20 was purple, 19 was red, 18 was like lime green. Yep. <clears throat> and then is that a black? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it was white, then black, and then they got into the colors. Yeah. Um, so the, I actually have a collection of these that um, is not here. I thought I did. Yeah. Apparently, I only have, I only go two years back, but yeah. Well, I go back to 2017, I guess, the green. Nice. Um, That's awesome. I don't have the white and the black, and those are also before they started putting the foot band on. Oh. Um, but starting with the the colors, I have one of each. They're in storage in uh, Illinois, so I was not able to bring them into the studio. I would have liked to. Um, so before we give this cigar a cut, which I'm really looking forward to, to getting this lit and smoked because it's a it's a really awesome cigar. But uh, before we do, let's talk about presentation. So this comes in a white uh, lacquered box, kind of your traditional slide top wooden cigar box with um, a uh, white lacquer and gold uh, print for the Edición Limitada Las Calaveras, and then it has the you know the year and all of that. And at the top, they have a sticker. So classic old-school cigar box. The sticker has scalloped edges that look like uh, gold coins touching each other all the way around. Medallions. Medallions, yep. Uh, It's orange. It's got the the skull and Las Calaveras. So the branding is consistent, carries right through from all the previous years. Um, I think it is a great-looking box. Uh, the, The branding, the design is on point it's on fleek as they say nowadays wow and <laughs> you're about six years too late you didn't know i was that cool did Jeez. you uh, <laughs> but what i like about it is um it's not too fancy if that makes sense like yeah. it's, it's really well done but it looks like an old school cigar box right. you know not like they're trying too hard you know las calaveras means the skulls las calaveras uh no it means the the cowboys Right, like cavalry. Does it? Yeah, like calaveras. That's like Spanish for uh, 
horse soldiers, you know, like the cal calvary, cavalry, cavalry. No, cavalry was something else. We won't get into that. Um, no, it means the fucking skulls. The skulls. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, las calaveras means the skulls, in plural. The skulls. The skulls. Um, it has a. Uh, uh, meaning in the culture surrounding Dia de los Muertos, which is what they're using for the the branding here. So, I don't know much about the the backstory there. Yeah, um, there's probably more than one urban legend around that. I do know the branding's fucking cool, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's really unique. It definitely has like a Mesoamerican vibe mm-hmm. to it. As far as cultural appropriation goes, this it, is a top notch, top notch <laughs> cultural appropriation right here. Let me tell you. Um, so, yeah, they have primarily uh, Mexican decoration on a primarily Nicaraguan cigar that is sold primarily in the United States. Right, yeah. So we got the full Monty going on. The cigar itself, starting with, like, the, the bands, the main band is really cool. They kind of all look the same, the Las Calaveras uh, bands. Uh, and this one, of course, has the orange facing. And it has the gold gra- crowned heads foot band, which I'm going to remove. Don't want to light that on fire. Which is, uh, that's pretty consistent among most of their brands. Yeah. They have a lot, of that, that same footband on a lot of their yeah. uh, regular production lines as well. Which I think is good because if you look at uh, a lot of their products, it doesn't actually like have crowned heads stamped all over it, right? That's right. So yeah. if you look at this Las Calaveras, that's actually the only place. Yeah, you see crowned heads. Is that footband. Yep. Right. Which, granted, this is supposed to be a kind of a standalone brand uh, for them. Um, but I really want to draw attention to the cigar itself because this is a gorgeous, like, drop-dead fucking whatever world. Uh, Did we say six, 652? Yeah, this is the 6x52 Toro. And this is like uh, if a supermodel was a cigar. Okay. Um so it has a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, and the mm. thing that I will point out is that is probably the cleanest, smoothest, prettiest Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper I can remember seeing. So Connecticut broadleaf is thick and tough, and it's yeah. delicious, but it's rustic. Normally, right? it normally reminds me of like sandpaper texture. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but this one's this one's like smooth, a little oily. It's got uh, the model. A hint of rosado, like a little yep. reddish hue yep. to it. Wow, yeah, this is this is nuts. For a Connecticut broadleaf, uh, this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for our listeners out there, the Tabernacle is you know pretty famous Connecticut broadleaf wrapped cigar, the, the Wise Man, um, so on and so forth. So that's what you can compare it to. But uh, it looks beautiful the branding is great and i think it is time to cut this cigar so yeah, i have got my stop teasing me stop teasing let's get this in my mouth i have got my perdomo double guillotine backstop cutter and as always we remind you to clip that cigar with authority no limp wristed clipping loud clip it like you mean it and of course we're gonna go ahead and tap the uh Head of the cigar that we just clipped off and uh, get all that loose tobacco out. I'm going to come up with a, with a proper name for this. 
what is the hand job thing getting old? Yeah, I, yeah. I've been thinking about it for like two, two or three weeks now, and I know, I know what I want to name it. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but uh, I have to just confirm a couple things. All right, so I got that all tapped out, and I'm going to toast this with my uh, single soft flame butane lighter. Get that toast going. And while I slowly toast this, you remember you remember Talladega Nights, <laughs> shake and bake, baby. Yeah, you remember, you're not first or last. Remember the big red commercial? <laughs> I feel like you're like, uh, <laughs> if you don't taste dried fruit on your cold draw, then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, um, I'll do the cold draw sometimes. Sometimes I won't. Um, it doesn't really, to me, it's not, it doesn't add to my experience. And so I, I often skip it, but, uh, I know a lot of guys that really enjoy that kind of comparing it. So I'm over here. I'm, I'm still toasting away for those of you out there on the internet. Nick is just getting started with his, uh, X1V rocket engine over there. Powered by SpaceX. All right, uh, so we're uh, we're getting these cigars toasted up. I hope you can join us. If you can join us with one of these and smoke it along, that would be amazing. Yeah, pick one up at Union Cigar Hanover while while they last, while supplies last. Pick them up while they last. As we mentioned, uh, these are limited. We're smoking the six by fifty two Toro. Which retails for fourteen twenty five here at Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, and uh, these don't typically last long in my experience because they're good cigars. Some some years are better than others. Uh, this year is phenomenal, and I expect that they're going to go because you have the weirdos like me that collect them, but then you also have people that want to smoke them because they're really good. So, all right, we have got this lit up. Yeah, did you hear that crackle? On, mm-hmm. on yours mm-hmm. that's that's nice mm-hmm. i like that it has me worried though because there's some bad things that can result in a crackle when you're smoking i mean isn't it just wouldn't it just be like a pocket of air like a pocket of moisture humidity in the one of the leaves there's a lot of things it can be right one is yes there can be a, a pocket of moisture which could also mean that there's a damp spot which means it's gonna fuck up when it gets there um it can also be a pinhole in the wrapper um that that little pinhole will pop and uh, get a similar noise most of the time it's just cool sounding it could also be super dry tobacco that's not the case here no thankfully so we've got these lit up man that is a good cigar so this is definitely full bodied uh not all the las calaveras have been um and this is uh made it my father cigars so another connection there you know we've been talking about some of the connections in the cigar industry, and uh, my father made this for Crowned Heads, and Crowned Heads doesn't make any cigars themselves. Um, they have companies around the around the world make their cigars, and unlike some other companies, uh, they're very open about who they partner with. Um, it's actually a sales point for them. Yeah, I mean, if my <clears throat> if my cigars were made at my father factory, I would be telling. I'll be open about it too. Yeah. <laughs> And usually in the industry, it's usually the other way around where it's the manufacturer that says, you can't tell people I made this for you. Right. 
and and often that's related to price point because you know you you'll have and and I know some of these you know which I I can't say on air it's not fair it's not right but I know some you know top notch factories that make some cheap ass cigars yeah. for the brands and they well, don't want that brand associating that low price point with their factory right or yeah I don't know it's I mean it's probably case by case right the the owner of the factory might not agree with the blend that they're putting out but the owner of the distribution company might have you know the rights to own the mm-hmm. entirety of the blend and he wants you know oh no we really gotta make this candela but mm-hmm. you know factory so-and-so doesn't want that candela to be on their on their track record or yeah I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's like a big pride thing mostly it's yeah well it's branding yeah it, pride is definitely part of it but uh you know brand management is a multi-billion dollar business uh just in the united states you know around the world probably multi-trillion dollar business um and and so it's important you know for like the the power levels to remain consistent like so if you think about it if you're a if you're a small brand and you're making a boutique cigar and it's delicious and it's made by my father both parties benefit because it's a high price point delicious cigar that my father is proud to say yeah we made that right and the boutique brand is like hey my father's making these cigars try it out if you're like my father you're like this right Right. Uh, so it works for both but if you have a situation where you know factories have to keep their employees they have to keep them busy they they might have overstock and tobacco that they can't use in any of the regular production runs so they'll make something special and it's basically you know a cost plus model for uh for the producer where they're they're kind of just breaking even you know, a little small management fee on top of costs. Uh, and so, you know, the cigar doesn't have a name. It's not going to be repeated later because they can't. You know, it's leftover leaves. It's a low price point. Well, it would still benefit the brand to say, hey, this was made by fill in the blank, you know, Placencia. The distribution brand. Yeah. 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 But it wouldn't benefit the, the distribute. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we're about an eighth of an inch into this cigar. Um, it is full-bodied, and the first thing, like this might be a weird tasting note, but the the first thing that came to mind and stays throughout the whole cigar for me is it's cool. So for, for whatever that means, like this is a cool cigar. It's burning cool. It feels cool. and Not like sunglasses cool. Not like Johnny Midas cool. Yeah, right, like refreshing cool. Yeah. Right. Um, cool and creamy. Wow. So there is like, you know, like if you took cold buttermilk out of the fridge. Um, and uh, left it out for three days. No, no, I'm not going to get that fancy. <laughs> so that's going along with. This. So it's surprisingly complex just in this first half inch because it's to me, it's equal parts earth leather and spice like there's not a dominant note but it at the same time it's cool and creamy so it's a very interesting uh flavor do you taste that sweetness in there mm-hmm. it's almost like a a woody sweetness yeah now i will tell you this is probably not a breakfast smoke for most people good smoke output um i th- i think i clipped a little too much off the end. That mm. is a it's a full backstop. 
Um, so I usually just stick it in there and clip. But the end was a tad flat. Mine was super shallow. Yeah, yours is pretty Do you shallow. see that? Yeah. And if you look at my cap, oh yeah, it's it's perfectly cut. Right. It's just I like a little back pressure on my cigar. I yeah. talk about this a lot, and I'm not getting quite as much as I would have liked. That's a me problem. Oh, it's very so open. I clipped it. It's very open. Oh wow, very open. Yeah. Mine like um, because I guess like old Parejos kind of come to that rounded top, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to I don't want to cut it to the point where. Uh, the cylinder starts going straight down. I want to mm-hmm. cut some of the rounded top part off. Right, the shoulder we call that. Exactly. Yes, and I, that's what I uh, wanted to avoid using the using that term. Yeah, for for all of you nerds out there in cigar podcasting land, that's called the shoulder. Yeah, so I don't really have any shoulder left. I kind of cut it off. Um, you know that that was my fault, but it is an open cigar. Um, and I will tell you, like, I'm getting a little bit of a buzz off of it. Like, this is a strong Ooh. cigar, man. Um, smoke output strong. Stro- smoke output is strong. Yeah. This is a strong cigar game right here. So gotta, I will tell you. We're going to have to get Johnny a packet of sugar here. I know. We're have to <laughs> take, a, take a five. Take a five. I got to take a breather. Fresh air. <laughs> yeah, so uh, not a breakfast smoke unless you're... Uh, Unless you're Phil. Phil, if you're listening, this is a breakfast smoke for you. For everybody else. <laughs> so, uh, very delightful. Definitely cool, creamy, earth, pepper, leather, and uh, a sweetness on there. That um, So, I'm here's what I'm going to call this. Um, I'm going to call it sweet tobacco. <clears throat> right? So, if you're familiar with sweet tobacco... It has a very unique uh, sugar profile that gets condensed in the leaves as it's like cured and aged, and that's what I'm tasting. Now, it's not you know popular to say that a cigar tastes like tobacco. You're not supposed to say that, right? But if you've ever, you know, like in the, the factories, like when they're blending, they'll roll up a single leaf and smoke it to kind of see how it's going to contribute. And if you roll up one of those sweet leaves that's what this reminds me of right that sweet sweet leaf yeah i agree with you i I actually just got a smoky a smoky taste to it too Mm -hmm. which is really good um but yeah i guess the like part of that fermentation is the sugars rise to the the surface of the leaf right and then you can kind of you know when they get burned off they give that flavor off yeah yeah but everything every every cigar is going to taste a little bit like at least a little bit like tobacco. Well, yeah, it should, right? Right. We're typically pulling out the non-tobacco notes, yeah. right? Uh, this just reminds me of a tasting event that I did. Really? Uh, and a specific leaf, yeah. Really? Um, jumps out at me. So, what, what leaf was it? Do you remember? I don't remember. No. It was a, uh, I guess it was a Maduro, because mm-hmm. it was very dark brown and age, but it hadn't been conditioned or anything, so old old leaf anyway. Um <clears throat> All right, so here goes. If you took a quart of buttermilk and you dropped in two drops of liquid smoke and then you went to your aloe vera plant and you dug out a tablespoon of soil from that pot and you dropped it in and then you sliced off three and a half inches of your leather belt and dropped it in and then you let it sit in 
a cool, dark place for three months. Yep. And then you lit it on fire. Okay. And you sort of like flew over the flyer in an ultralight. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm getting off this cigar. That was beautiful. Thank you. I try. We're gonna need. We're gonna need an end of season compilation. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of all of Johnny Midas's dorkiness. Um, JM sounding so ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm poking fun a little bit at the uh, at the maestros out there, but uh, it's fun. Um, well, I mean, like, so in literature, there was uh, like sensationalism, a mm-hmm. period of of writing sensationalist pieces, and they would spend like a page and a half, two pages on um, a tree, right, like, right, describing the tree. Its bark was barky. It was the barkiest bark. And I think I think like being descriptive is, um, I don't know. It's better to, especially with cigars like a complex cigar like this. It's better to err on the side of more descriptive than less descriptive um, to paint a better picture of, you know, what you're getting out of the cigar. Um, yeah, but it's. I think I think what you do is funny and creative. I'll tell you the uh, the retro hail on this is fucking dangerous. I mean, it feels like I'm about to singe my nose hairs. This is a strong smoke. As you might expect from my father. Spicy? Yeah, uh, spicy? but it's spicy sweet. Like, Yeah, I'm with you. You know? Yeah. It's just strong. Strong in the nose. It's like it some, it's like stings some... the nostrils. Pungent. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. <laughs> stings the nostrils. In a good way. Yeah. <laughs> It's like some barbecue, uh, spicy sweet. Yeah, yeah. Some barbecue, spicy sweet barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little little kick. It actually reminds me of beef jerky, mm. right? Because it has kind of that leathery, spicy, sweet thing going on. Yeah, like when you dunk your beef jerky in milk. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the Las Calaveras 2023. This is a pistol, man. 6x52 Toro from Crowned Heads. And with that, it is time for our Tobacconist Tip of the Week. Nick, take it away. And now, your Tobacconist Tip of the Week with Nicholas McCann. My Tobacconist Tip of the Week this week is to, if you're going to shop in a cigar store, is to come prepared. Um, And so what I mean by that is, if you're shopping for someone else... um, Get a list together, rifle through their humidor, take pictures, um, ask them what they like to smoke, ask their significant other, brother, sister, what they like to smoke. Golf buddies. Yep. Um, I Please don't come in and say, I'd like to buy a cigar for someone, and I I need a brown cigar. <laughs> like, okay. Well, well, that narrows it down. So, yeah. No um, blondies. No blond. Yeah, no, yeah, that means no blondies. Um so yeah it's a it's just it makes our job a lot easier as a tobacconist and it's going to make your gift better right um you don't want to get uh a computer geek uh 150 dollar chromebook right right you know we want to hit the we want to hit the mark right right not only for your benefit but for for our benefit too right because then you can say hey that tobacconist was really helpful you know they they helped me really narrow it down they got a good gift and they were very friendly and Etc. 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 So, if you could uh, come with a list, come with pictures, come prepared, and we can point you in the absolute right direction. Just results may vary if you don't come prepared. 
Yeah, and I would just add to that, like, uh, you know, don't fake it. If you don't know, just tell a tobacconist. I don't know. You know, he smokes with his golf buddies, you know, and and probably uh, you'll get asked a couple of questions to try to narrow it down, um, and we'll help as best as we can. Nick, thank you for that. So let's talk a little bit about uh, seed varietals as we smoke this Las Calaveras with its Maduro Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. So Connecticut Broadleaf is pretty famous, and uh, it's famous for Maduro wrappers, actually. Uh, makes a very powerful uh, wrapper. It seems to be a highly American thing. Um, Gee, I wonder why. I don't know. Uh <laughs> But the, that taste, you know, like th- this is a strong, spicy Nicaraguan, uh, you know, it's got that sort of sweetie chocolate flavor from the Maduro. Like that's a very American wrapper. They don't sell a lot of these overseas. Um, yes. I Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. The market over there is more, or the European, European market's more <clears throat> Cuban centric. Mm-hmm. Right, anything that smells, looks, or tastes like a Cuban is is going to be pretty close. Yeah. But here, like I don't know, we've we've had to branch out, and so we do these, we do the Camacho Triple Maduros. Right, right. The M eighty one. Right. You know all of that, um, and so of course Connecticut Broadleaf is a tobacco varietal, um, <clears throat> and there's a few different types of tobacco seeds that you'll hear about, and a lot of it is used in branding. Uh, with with companies, so let's get you educated on what some of these uh, seeds are. So well, truly, truly, there are thousands of them, right? Absolutely, yeah, thousands and thousands, and only a few that are really advertised. Worth mentioning. Worth mentioning. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's like we. I think we've talked about in the past a lot of hybridization going on, a lot of um, you know, mix and match and throw this batch out keep this batch we want to make this trait uh dominant etc right yeah. right but there are some uh common names that you'll hear and so let's go through some of these and we'll start with piloto tobacco so uh, piloto tobacco is uh, or piloto cubana is cubano is actually the the correct name and it's named after the town of piloto and that's in the pinar Pinar del Rio region of Cuba, which is, you know, their tobacco-growing region, main main tobacco-growing region. Um, it's uh, known for being robust, full-bodied, um, has some spice. Um, I think uh, I think Piloto is like the default tobacco for, you know, your high-end Cuban cigars. Um, yeah. Some of the seeds were smuggled out. It was like the early 60s. Into DR, right? Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can have uh, Dominican Piloto, and you'll see that as uh, as a brand. So same seed varietal, uh, but being grown in Dominican soil. Right. This is where, this is where I get... <coughs> this is where I get even so confused with the industry. So, so I think that if they didn't say... Oh, Piloto Cubano wrapper. Would they say a Habano wrapper? Um, Would they say Habano Maduro? So let's touch on Habano in a little bit. It's a a good question because Habano can mean like a lot of different things. It's really, that's a branding, not a varietal. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, because there are words for like there are words that just mean Cuban seed. Right. No matter what the specific varietal or region is. Right. But Piloto Cubano is specific to the region, the Vuelta Abajo region, right? Yeah, it's an actual varietal. Piloto is an actual varietal. Right. But it can be grown, you know, that those seeds were taken to the Dominican Republic and grown there. And we know as a natural product growing in the ground, it's a dynamic. So Piloto seed, just like if you take Connecticut broadleaf seeds and grow them in Honduras, which they've done, um, it's not the same as Connecticut broadleaf that's grown in the Connecticut River Valley. Yep. Right. Um, but it's similar. You can you can tell they're related. Yeah. Um, same seed, different place. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the soil, you know, kind of changes the taste and flavor and texture and stuff like that, the weather patterns, all of that. But you can tell, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a yellow lab versus a chocolate lab. Like it's, it's like, it's still a lab. Like, like you can, you Bordeaux, can tell it's the same. Like Bordeaux wines only come from that region, right? Right. But I'm sure they grow the same grapes other places. They just can't call it a Bordeaux or champagne. Yeah. Champagne grapes, you know, grown in California. It's not champagne. It's not champagne. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call it? Brute. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so uh, another type of tobacco grown in the Dominican Republic is Olor. Um, it's indigenous to the Dominican Republic. So, you know, this was uh, what they were smoking when Columbus or whoever came over. Um, and it's still used in a lot of Dominican cigars. Um, it's it's actually uh, very sought after. Um, so Olor is... Uh, it's thinner than Piloto tobacco, for example. Um, so it's it's more fragile, right, of a leaf. But it's known for its complexity, and it burns very well. Um, and, of course, you know, there's, there's not um, a ton of it around, given the demand across the world for tobacco. You know, if we, if we really want, like, uh, good cigars, we're looking at tobacco that's grown in just a few places when you think about mm-hmm. the to- like just the total square mileage of the earth of the earth yeah to supply i mean just think of the population of china right. and they want cigars a f- it's a fraction of the, a fraction of the land is used yes it's it's almost like the what do they say uh 90 of the earth is covered in water yeah and you're like holy sh- yeah what yeah. <laughs> and 90 percent of the earth that is not covered in water it also doesn't grow good cigar tobacco right, exactly, <laughs> so, exactly yeah um and so, you know, Dominican Republic, it's small, and Allure is from there, and you also have to rotate crops and keep the soil right, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's Allure tobacco. It's, it says it's used predominantly as a filler, binder binder and filler. Not, because of its, yeah, because of its burn qualities. Yeah, and not too, too, did you say that? No, I didn't. Okay. It's a great call out. It's not a wrapper. Right, yes, correct. It's what you make the cigar out of. Yep. Um, Corojo. So you've probably heard of Corojo. Um what the edge by Rocky Patel? I think that was the one that they really like hammered the branding, and now a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, we use Corojo." There's, I mean, Cor- so Corojo is my personal favorite. Uh, for as far as wrapper leaves go, any any company that comes up with the Corojo wrapper, I'm I'm gonna try it. It's a good good wrapper, um, significantly spicy. Um, so Corojo uh, originated in Cuba, right. but uh, it's not grown in Cuba anymore. Right. Uh, it's grown primarily in Honduras and Kentucky. Um, so it was used as a wrapper leaf, you know, from the get go. Um, however, it is, uh, 
it's fragile. It's susceptible to disease. And so really uh, the Habano 2000 was a hybrid that the Cubans came up with from the Corojo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, if you buy a Cuban cigar and it says it's Habano, it's Habano 2000, which is a hybrid varietal of Corojo. Uh, and it's much more uh, robust than what we would call heritage Corojo. This is where it gets so frustrated. So Corojo is Cuban seed. Yes. And Corojo itself, right? It could be Honduran Corojo. It could be... Western Kentucky Corojo. Sure. And then... uh, You said we'll talk about Habano. Well, this is the time to talk about (laughs) Habano. So most companies, when they say Habano, what they mean is the Habano 2000 hybrid. Yeah, but what or, seed varietal is Habana? Where is that from? Well, it is a hybrid that was made from Corojo. So it's not even... Is Habano its own seed varietal? Yes. So they call it Habano 2000, but it was a... Was it a mix between Habano and Corojo? No, no. Habano 2000 is a genetically modified Corojo. I'm like... I'm, I'm grilling John here. And it's, it's not the only one. There's other years as well. Yeah, yeah. Corojo 98... Corojo 99 or whatever. The, yes. Yeah, There's yeah. a Habano 2002 that yeah. I'm aware of. There's some other, right? The hybridization process doesn't stop. And then if you're familiar with hybridization of species, you've got F1, F2, F3, and so on and so forth for the cross hybridization. And then they do back hybridization where they hybridize an F4 with an F3 or something like that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a real science. So the, it's a super complicated answer when you ask about Habano. It is a hybrid. If you're talking about Habano, it also always every time. Yes. Okay. Habano's so there's, no, a there's no like original Habano seed. There's not. Okay. Um, as well, uh, it could be grown anywhere. Habano. Right? Yeah. Okay. So it it's I think it's primarily branding because people want you to think this is a Cuban cigar. Where did it originate? In Q- Habano 2000 originated in Cuba. Okay. Um, so it's Cuban seed. Yes, Corojo. Right. Right. Corojo's Cuban seed. Corojo Cuban seed that was hybridized. Habano is Cuban seed. Into the Habano. Yes. However, it has been hybridized extensively since. Sure. It's grown all over. Right. So if you have a Habano hybrid that you can, you know, trace back through generations of hybridization, blah, blah. But, you know, it's been hybridized 17 times, and it's being grown in the Dominican Republic. Is it the same thing? No, no, it's not. Of course. Um, so I feel like Habano. You know, when when companies talk about this is Habano, like okay, originally it came from Corojo. Um, it's uh, it's just a, it's branding. Like they want you to you know Habano. Like you're associating it with Cuba, basically. But right, right. Could have been hybridized in Nicaragua. It could have been grown in Nicaragua. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Nicaraguan Habano or yeah. Ecuador Habano. Yeah, which is why the the country is um, like all right. So we'll say African Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Right, Cameroon is a country in Africa, but that doesn't mean it was grown because right. Cameroon is a seed varietal. Right. That just because you say Cameroon wrapper doesn't mean it was grown in Cameroon. Right. But because you say African Cameroon, you mean. It was grown in Africa. Right. But you could say you could also have Ecuador and Cameroon. Well, we have this problem with a lot of stuff that comes from the ground, right? So champagne, right, is from champagne, like you mentioned. Um, how about uh, brandy, right? So brandy is distilled from grapes, right? 
Yeah. So you have wine that you make, and then you distill the wine to make the brandy. Well, cognac can only be called cognac if the grapes were grown in the cognac region, the wine was fermented in the cognac region, and then it was distilled into brandy in the cognac region. Right. Right. It's just um, like the bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky straight in bourbon whiskey barrels. has to have a certain mash bill. Yeah. Chart oak barrels in Kentucky. Right. Right. Um, well, they don't follow those rules with cigar tobacco, and that's what makes it a little confusing. So, you know, if you could only call it Cameroon, if it was Cameroon seed grown in Cameroon, Africa, then Cameroon is Cameroon. Everybody's all the wiser, right? Yeah. But you can take Cameroon seed and you can grow it in fucking Jakarta, Indonesia. Exactly. Call it yeah. <laughs> call it Cameroon, right? right. Um, but that doesn't make it African Cameroon. It's not African Cameroon. Yeah. And it's totally different because the microbiome determines a great deal of the taste of the tobacco. And, yeah. you know, that's why they talk about, you know, different areas of Nicaragua. I don't know if you've seen Nicaragua on the map recently. It's not very big, right? So you're going from one valley to the next and same seed, totally different tobacco leaf, totally different taste because the microbiome is different, right? So it does make a difference. And that's why the Habano conversation is complicated. And I understand 100% and I 100% agree with you. It's about branding. They, but like they'll throw Cuban seed out there mm-hmm. to confuse people mm-hmm. or to to convince them to buy their stuff, right? That's how they can put Cuban on their cigar without it actually being a Cuban. Right. right? This this seed hasn't been grown in Cuba for 75 years, but right. it's Cuban seed. Right. Um and so like it's and it's not anymore, right? So for folks that uh you know aren't familiar with husbandry you can take a seed from anywhere and but then you're growing it in a new region and there's feedback there's biofeedback through epigenetics where the next generation of seed is different because it came from a plant that grew in a different region in different soil with different climate right right and then you know a few generations down the line it's not the same thing you know so you can take a pin oak that grows you know, in Northern Maryland, and you can transplant it to the West Coast, and, you know, five generations later, it is a different type of tree, right? Right, Because there is biofeedback. So I, I agree, it's like a marketing branding thing. Um, the, the depths that we're treading right now are closer to science than they are cigars. Yeah, absolutely. This is like, this is full-blown genetics. This is yeah. full-blown... Um, and it's really, the, it's the backbone of the industry that, you know, it's not sexy, and so we don't talk about yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Like, I want to sit in my country club with an expensive cigar and play the big man, and, oh, this is awesome and delicious, and by the way, I have disposable income, I can smoke a cigar, you know. Right. Cool. Um, but meanwhile, in the background, there's generations of farmers that know how soil and seed and weather work together, yeah. working to bring you that awesome product, but then they also have to sell it and brand it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know. They have to hide that. Almost. Yeah. Oh, totally. Or not hide it, but th- all right. Let's not focus on that. Well, it's like you know your uh, tobacco that's grown in Kentucky. Unless it's a Kentucky fire cured, they're not advertising that. Right. You know yeah. because it's it's not sexy. Nobody right? wants tobacco from Kentucky. Yeah, like yeah. it's Kentucky, man. Right. Um. All right, so uh, let's move on to Criollo. So. You'll also hear Criollo a lot. Um, also Cuban seed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, shit. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it gets weird, right? So it is believed that Criollo is the original Cuban seed. Yeah. 
in Cuba, like when Columbus landed. Yeah. Okay. However, and also while we're on the topic, Criollo was a filler. Right. It was not traditionally yes. used as a rapper. Yeah. Um, however, Criollo actually means native seed. And so you can you will have all kinds of cigars that advertise Criollo native seed. It is not Cuban Criollo. So Nicaraguan Criollo, which is famous, is grown in Jalapa. Um, that's on the Honduran border. Um, it's quite sweet. Um, you've got uh, Criollo from Esteli. That's much more like earthy, nutty uh, flavor. Um, Honduran Criollo is famous for being like creamy and smooth. Um, so, and it's also, uh, it's surprisingly, it's gained popularity as a rapper. People are starting to use it as a, as a rapper. Traditionally, it was, uh, used as a filler. Yeah. Um, so this is another one that's confusing because if they say Criollo, it doesn't mean that it's Cuban Criollo. Uh, it just means native seed. And a lot of the time it's like, this is the tobacco that was here in this country. So, <clears throat> there's Criollo is a seed varietal, right? Yes. Mm, yes. Oh my goodness! All right, that was my, that was supposed to be the easy answer. Well, this is about language, extension, and intention. I understand. I understand. Yes, uh, that's where I'm going. Yeah. So Criollo is a seed varietal. Mm-hmm. Criollo is also a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, when they say or advertise something as Criollo, they could either mean seed varietal Criollo or native seed criollo yes which could be any right tobacco yeah like wild strawberries they're strawberries they just happen to be grown in this field right, right? yeah yeah <laughs> so man see this is this is the this is where the industry gets so confusing i i think the industry could do a lot better job here oh my god if there yeah we need a we need an anthology, a collection of books about this. Yeah. Where someone just lays it out and says, this is the law. We need the... Right, right. Let's, let's get a... That sounds French. Don Pepin, <laughs> Don Pepin, Carlos Fuente, and George Jorge Padron right, right. together. And they're, they're going to write this book. We're going to lock them in a room for six months. And then when they come out, we're going to have all the answers. All right. It is time to talk about Habano. And before we do that, let's touch back on this cigar, which I'm uh, just about done with the first third. It is, continues to be strong. It continues to be robust. Uh, the flavors haven't changed much for me. Uh, they're all there. Um, really a delicious cigar. It, it just, it, all of the flavors play well together. None of them is like drowning the other one out. Um, and you can kind of select what you want to taste if you want to on each draw. You know, I'm going to look for the leather this time. I'm going to look for the pepper. Um, so fantastic cigar. If you like strong cigars, I will tell you that... Uh, you know, we're recording this in the morning, and uh, it's it's heady. You know, I'm I'm getting a little buzz off of it. So, all right. So, Habano and Habano 2000. Um, so, Habano was born in Cuba. Um, it's mostly a a wrapper leaf. Um, it's kind of known for its like spicy, rich flavor. Um, it's been grown in Nicaragua since the 90s, and it's actually technically the first hybrid. Habano 2000 is a cross between Corojo and a uh, nondescript Cuban tobacco that was much milder but was very resistant to disease. So that's how they came up with that first um, that first hybrid, the 
Habano 2000. Um, and really what uh, the reason they, they kind of had to make it because the Corojo got attacked by blue mold and like entire crops were lost and they were uh, in deep shit. Um, <clears throat> so the Hamano 2000 seeds made their way to Ecuador, Nicaragua, Honduras, um, and there's multiple hybrids of Habano now and uh, generations of hybrid hybridization of Habano. Um, if you're looking for a cigar that uh, uses this, the Avo Heritage um, or the Ashton Heritage Puro Soul, those are two good cigars that uh, use the Habano 2000 wrapper. Um, they use Ecuador, Ecuadorian uh, Habano for their wrappers. Um, and both of those cigars are noted for like the chocolate taste on them. Um, so that's your Habano, Habano 2000. Um, all right. Uh, and then we will just wrap it up with uh, Sumatra. So oh, nice. We've got, uh, we've got a lot more to go. We'll, we'll finish up next week. You didn't expect me to throw a fit today, did you? No, I didn't expect you to throw a fit. Um, so Sumatra is interesting because it was originally found in Indonesia, obviously. Sumatra is in Indonesia. Um, <clears throat> it's a black tobacco. And so this is different because the other tobaccos that are used in cigar making are not black tobacco. Um, it uh, is easily the most popular is Ecuadorian. Sumatra. So they, they took the, the Sumatra seeds, they grow it in Ecuador, um, which is a better environment for growing uh, cigar tobacco. And it's primarily used as a wrapper leaf. Um, it's dark, oily, spicy. Um, the Ashton VSG is probably the most famous. Um, you can pick those up a lot of different places. And Stolen Throne uses, uh, uses a couple, two, I think both the Call the Arms and the Three Kingdoms are Sumatran rappers. Right, right. Yeah. Ecuadorian Sumatra? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I think the uh, the thing that stands out about uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra is just the complexity of the flavor. So, it's well known for um, like cedar, raisins, coffee, uh, pepper, like a lot of flavors roll into this uh, tobacco. It's super earthy. It's super earthy, yeah. yeah. Um, and and a, another uh, famous cigar that uses this as a wrapper would be the Decade from Rocky Patel. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're interested in tasting some of these tobaccos and, and kind of seeing what the difference is, you can pick some of these up. Um, but that's Sumatra tobacco. So most of the Sumatras that you see nowadays are not grown in Indonesia. Um, there is uh, there are cigars like they will advertise Indonesian binder filler or something like that. Um, I'm I am not a fan of tobacco that's grown in Indonesia. I've I've just never really liked the taste. Um, but uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra is pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so we still have plenty of tobaccos to go through: Rosado, Cameroon, uh, Connecticut Shade, uh, Broadleaf, and we will hit those up next week. But for now, it is time to touch back on this cigar, give our closing thoughts, and give it a rating. So, Nick, uh, tell me about your flavor and experience with this Las Calaveras 6x52 Toro. I mean, I think, I think you've um, covered 
everything. Um, it's it's just it's a combination of flavors. It's not monotone. It is very um, intricate. It's very layered, and I think that um, kind of the leather, the earth, the sweet, the you know, the subtle sweetness, the hint of spice. It's it all comes through at certain points. Like you said, like you can kind of look for like each puff kind of brings uh, a different flavor to the forefront. And uh, yeah, I think it's just really well done. So as I move into the second third, which this is a slow burner. So we've been smoking this about 45 minutes and I'm just into the second third. Um, a couple of things that have changed for me. One is it seems to have settled down a little bit. I don't know if I'm getting adjusted to it. Um, but like that first half inch, I mean, I was getting a real buzz and that's tapered off. Um, the other thing is on the retro hail, do you know when you start up your grill and you didn't clean it last time? Always. Yeah. You know that, that scent you get of like charred meat that just got lit on fire again. Yeah. That's actually present on the retro hail. So now that I'm in the, in the second third, it's a little bit smoky flavor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh. It's a, a rich, charred meat, yeah. smoky tinge to it. Right. But it, it's combined with a little bit of oak, uh, which tames it down a little bit. Um, quite delicious and unique. There's, I'm, I always try to think of what other cigars I've smoked that taste like this when I'm smoking cigars. And uh, this one's pretty unique. I'm having trouble uh, Absolutely. Like associating it with anything else, Yeah. which you know, I was afraid that I would smoke it and be like, oh, it's the judge. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, oh, it's right. Garcia Garcia, you know, yeah. uh, because it's a My Father product. And it's it's not. Right. Um, it's a uh, refreshingly uh, unique smoke. So on that note, I think it is time to rank this cigar. And we rank our cigars on a scale of 1 to 10 across five dimensions, giving a possible maximum score of 50, which we do on purpose so that you don't confuse our superior ranking system with the fluffy subjective bullshit that you get from other companies that use a 100 point i can't even count to 100 i know right yeah like how many shoes do you have to take off jeez (laughs) (laughs) um and we'll start with presentation so nick what is your score for presentation on this las calaveras 6x50 Toro 2023 edition this all right this is my complaint this band is the color of this band is too similar to 2021 Okay. This yellow-ish orange is too close to the yellow that they used. So I, it's, it's going to lose points for me. I love, generally speaking, the Las Calaveras branding. It's just too close. It's, there are so many colors out there. Like, let's go drastically different before we have to get closer and closer to the same colors we used before. So I, I would have rather have seen a... Burgundy? Burgundy? Yeah, yeah. Um, Chartreuse. Yeah, insert color here. Um, so that's, I mean, that's my only complaint. It's really, uh, it's a, it's a great box year after year. The design is awesome. Um, but I got to give it a seven. I really wish that it would have, I wish that they would have gone in a more standout direction. I, I was looking in my humidor for the, that, what is that? 2021. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have 2023s in here. And then like I did a double take and I was like, wait, that's 2021. Oh, never mind. Fair enough. I think you're colorblind, but uh, your opinion is noted. Um, All right. So the cigar itself, the wrapper alone is a 10. 
absolutely gorgeous cigar. Um, I agree. I think the, you know, the orange is great and it stands out. But when you put it in a line with the others, which I do because I collect them, you're right. Um, not only is it uh, similar in color, but it's like one year removed. Yeah. Right? So you have this uh, powder blue in the middle separating them. Yeah. And on the color palette, it, it doesn't go. And I know that sounds like really picky, but you went from white to black to red, which was all primary colors. And then you went to this green that was not. This is a, It's actually a, it would be a tertiary tint right. of green. Like a very lime. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, as you go through, then the yellow is another primary color. Um, so you have, you have white, black, you have like lime green, then you have red, which is a primary color. Then you have purple, right? Which is not, right? right? It's a right. secondary. Right. And then yellow, so you're back in the primary right. color wheel. And then you have powder blue, which is, you know, a tertiary. Awesome color. And and then you have orange, but it's a... It's like a, it's a yellow orange. It, it is. It's like it's a, it's a tint, right? Yeah. And for those of you that are not familiar with color mixing, a shade is when you add black to a color, and a tint is when you add white. Um, and so I actually agree. Like, it kind of doesn't go. Like, if you look at all of them in a row, this one sticks out like a sore thumb. So yeah. I don't know what they'll balance it with next year. Yeah, they um, need to go to the bear, their local bear outlet, and uh, get the color. Get the color wheel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, and then the box is great. You know, it's not superb. It doesn't stand out. It's not extra special. It's just a nice, honest, well-done box. Um, I give it an eight for presentation, and we don't do fractions, so it's total score there is an eight. Uh, how about price at fourteen twenty five, Nick? What do you think about the pricing on this stick? Um, uh, Ellie, man, this is a, a a good price, really good smoke for a, a limited edition. I think they could freaking jack it to eighteen and mm-hmm. and get away with it. Um, so I, I think it's a good price. I'll give this a a nine. Anytime I'm paying under fifteen for a limited edition cigar, I'm I'm real happy about it. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It is a great, uh, great price point for a really excellent cigar, and you know, it's a, it is a my father cigar. Um, very well made. We'll talk about construction next. Um, delicious, unique, strong, robust. I get a give it a nine on price there. And uh, with that construction, so Nick, tell me about your construction as I touch it up for the second time. Um, I think. I've been I've been complaining a lot this episode about seed varietals and whatnot. So it's uh like I'm fifty fifty between this being a user error or uh um, you know, a little off construction, but my wrapper hasn't burned. It's it's basically run one side is run, um and the other side is not burning twice now, so uh I gotta give it a seven, but like I said, this could be me. Um this could be the construction. All right, fair caveats. Um, my construction is excellent. The There is a little split in the cap mm-hmm. wrapper right there. It yep. didn't come loose, so I wasn't tonguing it or anything. Um, it's not perfect, and I actually think that was the popping sound. I think when I drew, oh, drew that hot air in, okay. uh, that's what was popping. Um, burn line has been good. I did touch it up once or twice, but that's because I'm yapping my head off on a podcast. Yeah. Um, smoke output is great and consistent. 
no issues with draw or anything. Um, so I give this an eight for construction. Uh, how about flavor? Nick, tell me about flavor. Uh, really awesome flavor. This is a, a late afternoon or after dinner cigar. I think that it would pair really well with um, probably not quail egg shots. <laughs> um, I think like a rich like a rich bourbon or a rich whiskey or scotch would go really well with this. Um, yeah, I got to give it an eight. I am I, I actually I really want to see maybe we can do this. I really want to see what this is like in six months. And then I want to see what it's like in a year. Oh, yeah. Keep it in the humidor for a while. Yeah. I'll bet it's going to age fantastic. Just like the flavors are going to merge together. Mm-hmm. They're going to marry. And it's going to be, I think, I have a feeling it's going to be really good. Yeah, now that you brought that up, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. That's a great, uh, great plan. Um, okay, so flavor. Um, on a uh, on the high notes, the flavors are uh, strong, recognizable, delicious, play well together. It's very evenly balanced. Um, on the, I guess, downside... It is strong, so if you don't like a strong cigar, you're not going to like this cigar. This is full in every sense of the word. It's uh, full strength. It's full flavor. It's full body. Um, and then also, it is uh, it, it is the same flavor throughout. I didn't detect much change there. Right. I do like my cigar to change while I'm smoking it. It doesn't have to be dramatic. But I like to uh, experience a little flavor change as I go along. You like the um, thirds. The I like the thirds, thirds yeah. yeah. Um, so points for consistency, but also points off for consistency there. <laughs> so I've got an eight for flavor as well. Great flavor. I mean, yeah. eight is a good score. Yeah. Um, but it's not perfect. And then how about experience, Nick? Um, like you, I think I'm a, I'm a big fan of this release every year. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the lore that they built up with it, right? The... Um, you know, can you find all, you know, eight or however many they released? Right, right. Um, I think is awesome. They've done a really good job of making it limited but accessible. Um, and the flavor, you know, the flavor was good enough to contribute a positive note to the experience. Um, I mean, overall, I'm a fan of this, uh, so I'll give it a nine. Nine for experience from Nick. Yeah, so... We talk about cigar use case a lot. Um, this is definitely not a do something else cigar. Uh, for one thing, it's too strong. You know, if you're if you're trying to smoke this while doing yard work, forget about it because you're going to be choking and yep. getting lightheaded. Um, n- probably not even a back porch cigar. Maybe, but I would want to get the environment right. Yeah. Um, I look at this as much more of a come to the lounge, enjoy it, have a place to sit down because it is strong. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, so be in a safe space, uh, but, uh, have a blanket nearby. Yeah. But also not like a celebration cigar or anything like that. Yeah. It's um, not, it's not like that special. Well, it's also too strong. You think you so? Know? Yeah. Like yeah. I wouldn't smoke this at a wedding or something like that because I, you just, you have to have a lighter cigar. You're doing other stuff. You're talking to people. Yeah. Last thing you want is to be a little green in the gills, right, right, you right. know, yeah. for something like that. And I don't think it's a golf course cigar. No, um, no, not in this heat. Oh, man. No, no. so I, I do think it's a limited use case. I give it an eight for experience. I had a great experience, um, but it does have, I think it has limited um, ways to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so 
if you're into the let's have the Las Calaveras party that we have every year, fucking awesome. Right, right, you exactly. Know? Yeah. Like, it it's almost its own use case. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once a year we smoke the new Las Calaveras. <laughs> right. We put four away. We pretend that we know what the cigar's about and then next year we'll try the next one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and put a couple in the humidor and yep. taste uh, taste last year's after mm-hmm. it's aged a year. Yeah. Um, so overall, that gives this Las Calaveras 2023 6x52 Toro from Crowned Heads a score of 42, which is a pretty good score. That's high. Yeah, it's a high score. Um, you can pick one up for 1425 here at Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. Give it a shot. Let us know. Be sure to drop us a line at... Burnline Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on all the socials at Burnline Podcast. We would love to hear from you, get your feedback. As always, thank you for joining us on Burnline Podcast. We will see you again next week.